Welcome to The Curve, a series of discussions where we aim to disrupt and deconstruct the complexities of people transformations. My name is Brett Addis. And my name is Victoria Cole. And together we bring you thought-provoking, relevant, and actionable perspective to support you through your transformations from C-level to SME-level. Want to join the conversation? You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe to The Curve Podcast to stay in the know on new episodes. How are you doing? Good, yourself? Pretty good. You look good today. Thank you. Um, You know, I woke up early and uh, had coffee, which I don't have every morning. It's on rare occasions that I brew a cup of coffee and so I'm feeling pretty good you brew it I well I it's called um it's a special type of brewing where you actually pour it pour over pour over coffee yeah so you grind up the coffee beans and then you heat up the water but it can't be too hot right you can't uh it can't be boiling because that actually causes um you know like when you drink certain coffee and it's like really bitter Mm -hmm. That's because the water was too hot when it was poured over the coffee beans. So anyway, I do it by hand. I don't have a machine. I think maybe I could just send you a coffee maker. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, it's, it's much better to do it uh, the pour over way because you have a lot more control of the individual elements that it takes to, to, to brew a coffee. You can uh, determine the temperature of the water, the, um, the, um, when you grind up the beans, you can control like how fine, what, what do you, but you can't get something like this. What is that? Is that coffee? coffee? Like a gallon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, it would just take a while to uh, get that, that amount of coffee. <laughs> so Brett. <laughs> Um, We talk about innovation a lot with HR business leaders. We talk about why it's important. We talk about how to create an innovation culture. We talk about the organization's ability to innovate. But let's face it, for a lot of organizations, the word innovation is very ambitious for HR. Oftentimes, they're lacking the time, the resources, the skill set, and the processes that are really needed to truly transform, but not just to transform, but to continuously transform. I personally think the term innovation is thrown around loosely in the context of HR. And, you know, there are some good reasons why it's talked about loosely. Innovation shouldn't have a lot of boundaries or restrictions around the process of innovating. I think, I think that we can agree that to be innovative, you have to be creative and boundaries stifle creativity. But for an organization to proudly include innovation as one of their pillars, one of their guiding principles, or even as part of their strategy as a whole, I think it's important to first understand what innovation is and what it isn't. So for our first session in our innovation series, let's talk about the philosophy of innovation. What exactly does it mean to innovate? And when do we know that we're innovating successfully? So Brett, what are your thoughts around innovation? 
Well, first of all, I thought your opening was just quite profound. <laughs> um, Thanks. But, yeah, I, you know, you, you made a lot of really good points, uh, Victoria. You know, I, I, I think um, I, I think the term innovation is a buzzword. You know, it's uh, it's an aspirational term that, you know, when when we go in to talk to organizations, it's you know, every one of them says, hey, we want to be innovative, right? Uh, I think the question is, is what does that mean? And, and, and the definition of innovation is also extremely unique because the definition of innovation is very specific to that customer and that customer's maturity. I, I mean, let, let's, let's be real, right? So let's kind of use an example. So we go in and today and we think about engaging with customers who, who talk about innovation and, and their version of innovation is using tools like self-service, right? For managers, employees. The, the reality is, and I chuckle because it, it, the reality is, is that self-service has been out since the 1970s. Mm, yeah. Right? So is that truly innovation? I think most of us would say, no, that's table stakes, right? Those are just standard practices. Those aren't innovation. Whereas you may walk into another organization and they're starting to really look at how to apply things like autonomous intelligence to help their organization do predictive, using predictive analytics to serve up potential solutions to potential problems, right? Which, which is to me extremely innovative, right? Because you're doing a lot of pre, preempted scenario planning of things that may or may not occur, right? But you're allowing yourself to prepare for these things, you know, in, in a way to drive your organizational forward, your organization forward. And so, so innovation is a very interesting term, right? Um, but I think ultimately, when we boil the term down, right, and, and let's kind of take the maturity aspect out of this, you know, the term innovation is about creating something new. And I think a lot of organizations look at things like um, process improvement or uh, adding a new feature or functionality or adding a new, you know, adding on to or changing a certain program as being innovative. And the reality is that's optimization. We're optimizing what we currently have to drive better results. Innovation is to create something new to drive new results, right? Hopefully those results are beneficial, right? But, but I also think that the, the other big piece around innovation that you have to think about is innovation by, by definition is a iterative approach. It's a trial and error. No one ever just goes and innovates in, in day one and says, bam, we're, we, we solved the problem. We came up with this new thing and it's, you know, you know it, it, it has solved all of our problems. That's not reality. And I think the other piece is, the, like, as we think about innovation, the, the trouble that we have or the struggle that we have with innovation is innovation has to be a cultural 
mindset. You have to be willing to be open to trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing to get things right. And most organizations don't have the patience, you know, or, or the risk tolerance to do that. Interesting. I like how you, you uh, talk about innovation, meaning different things to different organizations based on their maturity, based on even things like their risk tolerance. I think that's something that I, I, I would like to think organizations could innovate, even if they have a low risk tolerance, it then becomes the, the scope of that innovation, right? So if it's, for example, releasing a new self-service capability, that could be innovation. Would you agree? Well, if they don't have it today, then absolutely. I, I think the interesting thing, though, is when we talk about risk tolerance, especially as it aligns to HR, there's a couple of factors that you know, that you can mostly take out of this equation, where if we were looking at business innovation, some of the risk factors would be time, effort, financial um, financial um, um, potential impact, right? How much money am I spending? How much time am I, how much time am I spending? How much people's am I, am I using towards this thing? For HR though, that's somewhat accurate, but the biggest risk tolerance for HR is acceptance of the business. And so that to me, honestly, is why I don't feel that HR does a good enough job or has a strong enough stance on innovation because, you know, HR should be a, it should be a business function driving business results. HR should not necessarily, at least at this time of age, be a supporting function to support results. And what happens when you're a supporting function is you rely on the business to provide you the direction in which you need to go. Versus if I'm a, if I'm a business function, I, am, I feel comfortable and confident and capable to go and innovate on my own and tell the business what I'm going to do to drive better business results. It's a very different mindset. Yeah, I was, um, I was talking to an organization the other day who, uh, well, I was talking to the HRAS leaders within an organization the other day, and, and they own their HRAS uh, technology. And um, they were trying to figure out how to build the business case to ask for more resources and to ask for more money to continue to implement and develop new technologies to support the business. And there's, they were struggling because they're like, you know, we have this roadmap, but um, we need to get buy-in. And so we, you know, so we, we want to be able to innovate. We want to be able to uh, introduce new uh, features and functionalities to the organization. We're having a hard time getting that, that alignment from HR and from the business. And so when we kind of, we, we looked into a little bit more of what they were actually looking to do, they weren't actually connecting the technology to the HR strategy of the organization. Their HRS team could certainly um, uh, build this business case where innovation is part of their strategy. But if that innovation doesn't ultimately 
connect and align with HR, then um, it, it's just not as impactful. It's not much of a success story, is it? You know, I, I, so there's there's a couple of points that I want to touch on that you said, because I think one of them, actually, I, I was like, is you, you said something and I, and, and I feel compelled to say it, which I'll probably regret, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, but before I say that, you know, I, I think the other the other point that you made, though, is a, a, a very good one, which is, you know, as we think about transformation, innovation, even even let's talk about optimization, like even let's talk about business as usual. Right. In today's day and age, if the, when we when we manage ourselves in silos, we, re, we get siloed results. When we manage ourselves as one, we get one set of results, right? And so the question is, is what's more powerful? Do I want to have a single organization driving towards a single set of outcomes? Or do I want an organization broken down into pieces, um, managing towards a bunch of little outcomes that frankly may or may not drive certain overall outcomes, right? So, so looking at innovation as an enterprise type of initiative is key because I, I, I'm, I'm, and one of the word I want to touch on that you mentioned earlier is alignment, right? Yes, we want to get alignment on the innovation, but what was interesting is you said something and I was sitting there thinking about it is, you know, you said HR needs to get alignment, right, with the business. Well, let me ask you a question. The last time the manu- a manufacturing division went out and said, I'm going to completely automate our plant floor. Do you think they got an alignment from HR? No, probably not. Do you think no. the last time finance said, hey, we're going to implement a new financial system? Do you think they got alignment from HR? No. Do you think when the business went out and said, I need to implement a new set of business applications to run my business better, do you think they got alignment from HR? I think you made your point, Brett. No, right. probably not. So the point, so one of my points is, is yes, we, we have to have a business case, but the reality is, is why are we why are we so concerned about alignment? Why don't we just run our business the way we need to run our business? And if it's through implementing this set of technologies to do that then people just need to get on board with it. Yeah, but what about, okay, so I, I completely agree with you, but if, if there's not alignment, right? I mean, I think one of the things that organizations are, what I'm hearing more and more from organizations is just the amount of change that the workforce is yeah. having to deal with. And if there's not alignment between the different functions within an organization, everyone's off doing their own thing. Yeah, so actually, let me, let me before you said, let me make one correction. I'm, I, I use the wrong term. It's not alignment, it's approval. Okay. Right? Okay. It, let, yeah, let, me, let me be clear. Yes, we need alignment. What we don't need is approval, but we feel that we need approval. We have to get approval from finance that, that this is how, this is, you know, you know what? Finance doesn't get approval from HR. Business doesn't get approval from it. Why do we have to go get approval from everybody else is really my point. Alignment, absolutely. We need to have alignment so we can we can have a constant direction or a common direction that we're all heading towards. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I, I made that correction. Alignment, yes. Approval, no. But we feel we need approval. Let me, let me give you another example, right? And, and you and I, you and I were having this conversation the other day. So... So we know an organization 
who is transforming their processes and technology. Full roadmap ahead, right? The entire, this entire journey, self-service has been on this roadmap, right? The entire plan was to implement self-service. At the very last minute, what did they pull? Self-service. Self-service. Why? Because they were afraid the business reaction. So is that innovative? That's not being innovative. That's, 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 I don't even know what you, that's the opposite of innovative. They had the intentions to innovate. But aspiration and, and reality are two different things. So what you're saying is HR needs to be bold. They need to step up and just, you know, take the risk of, you know, failing, but it's a risk though. It's, it's such a risk. I mean, exactly. It, it, and this is the whole, this, this is the risk, the risk tolerance piece, right? It's, we have some organizations where their HR leader is reporting into the CEO and the CEO says, listen, we need to drive an enterprise transformation and our people are a part of that go. And that person drives it and they align with the CIO, CFO, CPO, business leaders. We have one common strategy, one common set of guiding principles, one set of common outcomes, and we're all heading towards the same thing. And we're working together to achieve that, right? And, and those organizations are 25 times more successful, if not more. And then we've got these other ones where organizations by technology, which they call transformation, which they call innovation, which in some instances they might be, right? But they're implementing it based on the approval and direction of what and the requirements of the business, which you know what ends up happening when you do that? You end up implementing the same thing you already have. Which is not innovation. It's not innovation. Just because you buy new technology, even if you went from Excel to technology, Right, the technology component might be viewed as innovation, but if you're doing the same thing and not getting any different results, then you might as well not have implemented anything new. You didn't drive any outcomes, so that's not innovation. That's putting lipstick on a pig, which I always thought would be difficult. By the way, I'm ornery this morning, Victoria. Are you? What's going on? I've, I've had a half a gallon of coffee. Oh, your engine's like revved then. Exactly. I think the other thing that is interesting about innovation is how it is very much proactive. It's very much anticipating the future needs of the organization, the future needs of the workforce, and then developing a set of solutions to address those as opposed to optimization or as opposed to um, optimization being very reactive, meaning that, you know, we have some issues with our current processes and our current programs. And so we're going to focus on addressing those existing, those pre-existing issues. Um, would you agree? I, I and, and, yeah, I would, but let, let's just, let, I mean, let's all, let's also really kind of level set. There's always going to be optimization, right? I mean, th th this is one of those things where you, it's not one or the other, right? You, you, you're, you're always optimizing, 
right? And and every organization should always optimize, right? That's always that's called continuous improvement, right? We're always continuously improving, but we should have a segment of our time focused on on this innovation, right? Because we're always we always got to fix what we what's not working or improve on what we have. But but yeah, I, I completely agree. And I it's funny I was um, I was sitting here thinking about this the other day. And, um, you know, you know, we have the opportunity to go in and work with a lot of customers in either defining or reviewing with them what, what their transformation or digital transformation strategies look like. And what's interesting about this is I, as I really started looking, kind of reflecting back, I said, you know, these really aren't strategies. They're really more optimization approaches, right? The strategies are very retrospective. It's about how do we do better at what we're already doing, right? Versus how do we do better with new and better things, right? And it it was really kind of interesting because even if you go back and you started looking at their priorities and they said, well, listen, we've got a really big issue with employee engagement. How do we need to, what can we do to be innovative around employee engagement? Honestly, not a lot because their focus is how we re-optimize what we're already doing, right? Versus looking at new programs to drive engagement. You know what I mean? And and so I think even to your point, where I'm going with this is I think a lot of times it starts even at having this strategic direction and I think we we are often misled by the strategic direction that it is always forward looking. And the reality, it's a very often and mostly it's reflecting based on what needs to be improved. So if we look at it from that lens, that innovation also gets a bit stifled, right? Because we're automatically planning for to fix what we have for the continuous improvement versus that innovation. So how do, so when we develop those strategies, then how do we segment that, right? And how do we look at what are those priorities that we need to focus on continuous improvement? And what are those priorities we need to focus on doing something differently or new? I met with, I actually posted this on LinkedIn um, the other day. I was in a meeting with a CHRO of, uh, of an organization. She made the comment, she said, you know, Brett, we are in, I am in the mindset of purging everything we do to rethink how we need to move forward or work differently to drive better business outcomes. And I gave her a virtual high five. And right, because the concept was, you know, that to me is innovation. It's listen, we know what we're doing today isn't working. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be some continuous improvement, Right. We, but we know what we're doing today isn't meeting the needs of the business. So let's stop doing a bunch of non-value added pieces. Let's, let's really focus on what we can bring new to drive new and better results to the business. Yeah. But you know how many CHROs I've heard say that over the last five, 10 years, 30 years? How many? I don't know, probably five. Wow. I just dated myself, but you probably see that with all the gray on the hips. It's unfortunate, though, that <clears throat> it's only five. Again, I think there's aspiration. Again, everyone aspires. Like we talked about in the beginning, everyone aspires to innovate. 
but aspiration and, and getting to reality are, are very two different things. It, it's, um, listen, I love aspiration, right? We love the big picture conversations. We, we love the ideas. We, we love the thoughts. But what we don't love is all of this great thinking and then reverting back to what we're doing. All right. So I think our next session is going to be on the aspiration, the aspiration of innovation. Whoa. <laughs> but around the philosophy of innovation, just to wrap us up, any other thoughts that you have and you would like to share related to just the, just what innovation is and what it isn't? You know, I think first of all, innovating in a, in a culture that is not interested in innovating is extremely difficult, right? So I'm not saying you can't do it, um, but it's more of a groundswell than a top-down, right? And so I, I, it, 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 it can be difficult, right? I, I also think that when you look at the terms that you used earlier around buy-in, sponsorship, alignment, you're not always going to get alignment on innovation. And, and, and the reason for that is because it's scary. You're introducing new concepts, new ideas to potentially people who don't want new concepts and new ideas. They like, they like the way they've always worked, right? But I would say that I, I think the last piece that you said, which was, this is where I really feel HR, HIS, IT, we have the opportunity to, to be bold. We have the opportunity to understand there's risks and work around those risks. But I would not be afraid of the risks, right? Because we all know, you know, the result of doing nothing, well, you know, result of doing nothing is worse than result of trying and failing and trying and failing because eventually you're going to get it right. And I would rather be the person who is trying to push the organization forward versus holding the organization back. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a very negative idea of HR. You know, when, when they hear HR, it's, it's, it doesn't elicit positive, energetic feelings. And so I, I think just I would, I would say to add on to your point is, is with innovating, the risk is that we just continue that uninspired, unmotivated feeling that the workforce gets around HR. If we do nothing, I think HR continues its slow progression into irrelevancy. That's very profound. <laughs> I listen, I, I, I've said it for years, you know, um, you know, I, and I use the analogy all the time of um, Sophia, right? The, the robot citizen in Dubai or wherever it is. Listen, you know, you could fill up, you could have one Sophia and wipe out an HR call center tomorrow for probably cheaper and get more accuracy, better efficiency and better effectiveness, you know, and, and, and Sophia is up and running 24 hours, seven days a week, you know, um, and probably serving our employees with more empathy, right. And, you know, better direction and, you know, and I'm being facetious a bit, but the reality is, you know, we always need, listen, we're always going to have people, 
And people are always going to be our biggest asset. And people are always going to be our biggest expense. And we always need to manage our people. But the question is, is, is what we're doing today really the right way that we're managing our people? And I think it's really time that we take a step back and ask ourselves the question, are all of these programs and processes that we're serving tick the box exercises, or are they really driving our employees to the place where we need them to be? And to me, that question can be answered through innovation. Bye. And on that note, I think we'll end for today. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for the, the riveting conversation. And thanks so much to our listeners. Please send us your thoughts, comments, feedback, and insights regarding this episode of The Curve. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay safe and keep your transformation momentum going. Bye, everyone.